Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply the following segment is from the Off-Day Debrief on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. You've got the Los Angeles Chargers as the third best team in the NFL. You and I both love them, but we thought we would go to our Chargers community to get someone that knows more about them than we do. So we are pleased and privileged to welcome in Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blue. What's up, Michael? How you doing? I'm good, guys. Stoked to be here. Okay, so, as I said, Tampa Bay number one, Kansas City number two, LA Chargers number three in BLG's power rankings. How wrong is he? Man, you know, my gut reaction is like, no, he's perfectly fine. This is the most accurate power ranking I've ever seen of anybody who writes about Mm -hmm. football. Um, But, you know, as positive as I would like to be, it's a little wrong because I think – and especially if you cover the Chargers long enough, this is a team that's basically like a until they prove it, whatever it may be, I don't want to give them the benefit of that doubt just yet because they've scorned the fan base for years, um, year after year, the same thing in the offseason. There's the hype, there's the, the the shine and sparkle to the team and what we think it's going to be this season, and then they underwhelm, and then we kind of repeat this, this vicious cycle. But I think this year is actually different. I, I think there's something to be said about adding Brandon Staley and a coaching staff that has, in a way, proven to be competent at their jobs um, and not set back on their ways in archaic fashions that posts uh, or that past, excuse me, uh, coaching staffs have been like Anthony Lynn. As much as I loved him, you got guys that are kind of stuck in the past. You've got a forward thinking, contemporary mind um, in Staley. And he's the type of guy he's already shown that he can take, you know, players that may not look the best on paper and turn them into the best unit like he did with the Rams defense last year. So there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic. Three's a little high, but he's not wrong to think that this team can exceed expectations. I'm excited. I'm excited for the Chargers. I think there's a lot here. I think we name them winners of free agency stats, name them winners of the draft. They built up that offensive line. Justin Herbert going into year two behind better protection is exciting to me. Uh, Michael's talking about Brandon Staley here. I mean, if we're talking about someone who might be able to kind of have some 
level of answers for Patrick Mahomes. Maybe it's him, given the way we saw from that Rams defense last year, getting Derwin James back. So I think there are a lot of reasons to be excited about the Chargers. Uh, but Michael, what are this team's pitfalls? What am I missing here that maybe things could go wrong? I know maybe, obviously, there's the just the annual, we're all too hyped on the Chargers, and then they end up being the Chargers, and that happens. But like, what are the weaknesses of this team that maybe I'm overlooking? So, yeah, at a glance, weaknesses, the, some of the first things I point to are the pass rush. Um, this is a unit that I think looks good on paper and has looked good on paper for quite some time. Every single offseason, someone does an article about best pass rushing duos, and it's always Joy Bosa and Melvin Ingram were up there. Um, but unfortunately, I think people kind of weren't paying close enough attention to the production that Melvin Ingram was putting out the last couple of years, especially this past season, albeit he played seven games, um, but zero sacks, zero tackles for loss, um, which no matter if you're injured or not, that, that's a tough stat line to kind of get over. And then in 2019 and 2018, he was hitting numbers of seven and a half sacks, I think both years. And those were both career lows since I believe his second year in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, he just hadn't been uh, the real bookend that, that Joy Bosa needed on the other side. But you're going over to a little bit of a new defense. You know, it's not a true transition to, from a 4-3 to a 3-4, um, but it's going to be a little bit of a hybrid, similar to kind of what John Pagano ran back in 2016, a 3-4, but with 4-3 principles, because Joey Bosa, you know, he's going to be an edge player. But in, you know, Staley's 3-4 front, you have standing outside linebackers, which is essentially what Joey Bosa is, but they're going to make sure he's, he's where he needs to be. But besides Joey Bosa, this depth is – Real shallow. So behind him, you have Chen Nwosu, who was actually second on the team in sacks last year. I think he should have got more snaps. Gus Bradley had different ideas for whatever reason. And we're playing guys like Isaac Rochelle and even Jerry Tillery out on the edge as opposed to Nwosu, which was a tough look. But then you look at the interior guys as well. There's probably going to be three down linemen in between Bosa and probably Nwosu on the edges. And that's Limbaugh Joseph, Jones, and Tillery. And again, you look at the pass rush production, it's almost not there, almost non-existent past couple seasons Jones had his first sack of his career last year I believe he just has one to his name right now uh, Tillery showed some flashes as well early on had the first sack of the year against the Bengals but didn't do much I think he had more penalties than he had sacks the rest of the way throughout the year I mean it was just kind of a rough look there and Joseph isn't prime Linval Joseph anymore uh, they did go and get Chris Rumpf from out of Duke the slippery edge rusher um, there in the fourth round who I think could see some successes, especially after what Brandon Staley did with Leonard Floyd. But overall, this this unit just needs to be proven. It just needs to show that they can get up to the quarterback because when the Chargers were good back in 18, they had the pass rush to go with the secondary. They were playing off each other in that synergistic relationship. Um, but I think to, for this defense to really reach their potential, this they're going to have to find some depth and at least prove that they can get to the quarterback on a much more consistent basis. Is that the plan for the team? Like every team is constructed to win games a certain way. And when I look at the Chargers just from the outside, I see, okay, we have protected Justin Herbert now. It's all about him. We want to score 30 a game and we want to put the other team down multiple scores so they have to pass. So the pass rushers you're talking about, like Bosa and Ingram, can pin their ears back and go get them. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, the defense, so obviously with Gus Bradley, they were running a heavy zone defense, heavy cover three defense. Um, it was this bend but don't break, and, and honestly, it, it bent and bent and bent and broke <laughs> occasionally. I mean, it was it just wasn't what Gus Bradley needed it to be, and I don't think he had the true playmakers um, consistently enough to make that defense work, especially with Derwin James missing so much time. Now we're transitioning to Staley's defense, which he's already said is going to include a lot more man defense, a lot more too high looks. Um, I think the quote was he he doesn't want 
to goad offenses into passing on their defense. And that's what the cover three defense did. It makes the offenses want to pass, and they had a lot more success doing that. With this two high looks, more man, they want to make offenses run to kind of slow down games in that way. And uh, when you look at their um, – their guys on the back end, besides Derwin James, you had Nasir Adderley, first year uh, starter last year. This will be his third year in the league. Um, he had a rough go of it. He was singled out uh, as the deep safety. He was left all alone. He was the last line of defense for these, you know, cleanup tackles. Um, and, and he unfortunately just wasn't prepared. Uh, he, he missed quite a few tackles, and it really bled the the defense quite a bit. Um, so I'd say that's kind of where we're looking for this blueprint of this defense. It is to get the pass rush going, to play a lot more man, to force offenses into making a lot of uncomfortable decisions. And I think that's probably the key to uh, stopping Patrick Mahomes. And, and, you know, the past couple of years, Chargers have had success stopping Patrick Mahomes. And that's just getting in his face, making him very uncomfortable, um, getting on top of the screen game, their misdirection. The Chargers have done a good job. Uh, but, you know, the only thing stopping them was the fact that they just couldn't close games last year. Mentioned Justin Herbert earlier. I feel like if the Chargers are going to make me look dumb and uh, disappoint, it's going to be because we're going to see some kind of sophomore slump from Herbert. I guess, uh, what is your level of concern about that? And I guess kind of just looking at Herbert, like me not knowing him and maybe, you know, other fan bases and not knowing him as much personally um, as, as you might from covering the team. Like a big reason why I, I've talked about why I kind of started to be out in Carson Wentz is everything I heard about him in terms of like above the shoulders and the mindset and not like necessarily having the hunger to get better on someone else's terms as opposed to just his terms. Like what is Herbert's makeup? Do you have confidence in him that he can stave off any kind of sophomore slump? Yeah. In terms of just off field makeup personality wise, I mean, he is as straightforward as it gets. He is his own person. He, he's pretty calm, collected. Uh, he knows how to speak, hold himself. And then he's extremely smart. You know, uh, I think he was a bio major. He was a TA for most of his time in college. Like he spent time in football and he spent time in the classroom. And then I think he went fishing and he likes to make brisket. I mean, like there's not a ton to, to say about Justin Herbert as far as we know um, what he does off the field. Every time they win a game, they have a victory brisket. So him, Gabe Neighbors, and Nate Gilliam was a practice squad guard. They all live together and they do that. And that's been a fun thing to to follow. But he just studies, man. Honestly, he just seems so on top of everything. He seems so confident. Um, it's just, you know, simple preparation. He just makes sure he's on top of everything. So there's nothing that, that, you know, blindsides him or anything like that. And I think you kind of saw that he was, you know, he could have been blindsided by the surprise start against the chiefs in week two. And we saw what he did, you know, he, he struggled with some ill-timed interceptions, but did still like over the course of the year, didn't throw that many. Um, and definitely not down the final stretch, especially ending this, the season with a four game win streak. Um, he just seems so well-prepared and just so on top of everything. And so, yes, in terms of confidence of not having a sophomore slump, I think the chances are low because they just gave him the the best offensive line. I think the Chargers have had at least in the last 10 years and wow. he succeeded uh, and broke all the rookie records, you know, had, had a good individual season in 15 games instead of 16, obviously behind, I think what was the, probably the worst offensive line in the NFL. He was pressured numerous times uh, and somehow some way had, I think one of the best QBRs under pressure had the most big time throws of 50 plus yards, had the most yards completed or thrown for while under duress. I mean, he did all these things under an horrible offensive line and the chargers went out and said we invest in you and we got you the best of the best that we possibly could um so i just think the chances of putting all those variables together and still seeing a sophomore slump is just extremely low i have two questions one is a football question but before i get to that what what do they do with the brisket if they lose <laughs> honestly i you'd hope that they don't purchase the brisket 
ahead of the game. I mean, okay. that, it sounds like bad money. I mean, they probably still feel pretty good eating a brisket no matter what, win or lose. But, you know, like eating a loser's brisket, I don't think they want to like, <laughs> you know, prepare it after the game and just be like, all right, boys, cheers. And then dig into your loser brisket. You know, I just don't think that's something they probably do. So it's, it's maybe avoid that, probably wait on purchasing that meat. Well, don't you have to cook it for like 12 hours or something, you know, some crazy <laughs> amount of time? It's, I think, I mean, they eat it the day after. So if anything, they okay. get it after All the right. game and they can set it up and then wake up the next morning and feel great about it. We ask the important questions here on the podcast. Yes. yes, we do. Okay. My football question now, you've kind of alluded to the coaching staff earlier and how it's a new staff and you're, you're done with the Anthony Lynn, no timeouts, 30 seconds left, run the ball on third down in the red zone. Like finally, are we done with the chargers have the ball every game ending chargers have the ball down by four, like a minute and 20 seconds left, maybe one timeout. Cause that's been your life for like the past 10 years with Phillip rivers. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, just straight up. I hope so. I don't think fans can take much more of it. I mean, that's a that's a debate you've heard before where it's like, would you rather just get blown out all the time or would you rather have, be in every game but still lose every game? You know, it's a lose-lose situation. Which one just, like, hurts the less? Um, I'm not entirely sure. you got to think, though, the one thing, one of the things the Chargers needed to focus on and improve on over the offseason, and Tom Telesco noted on it quite a bit before the draft, was instead of thinking of, like, positional needs, he was just like, well, where do we need to get better? So if, if instead of just saying, hey, the you know left tackle, it was score more points in the red zone, which they were unfortunately uh, really bad at. I think they were a top five offense and a top 10 defense in terms of yards you know uh, gained and yards allowed on both sides of the ball. But you looked at points allowed and then points scored, and those numbers were insanely low compared to other teams who were also maybe a top five offense or a top five defense. I mean, they were doing everything but – this one important thing, right? You can get all the yards you want. You can minimize your opponent to all the yards they can. But if your points, at the end of the day, that scoreboard is not lighting up as much as you need to, uh, it's just going to be a bad year. And, and that's what we saw last year. Skill of 1 to 10, 10 being the most confident. What's your confidence level in the Chargers winning the AFC West? I've gone out and said they're going to do it. This is their year, much to the chagrin of SB Nation NFL Show's own Pete Sweeney, who I'm sure you know from covering the Chiefs and thinks it's impossible for the Chiefs to basically ever lose a game. <laughs> so I need I need to gauge your confidence level on the Chargers winning the division this year. All right, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with like a solid seven. Okay, and that doesn't sound solid. Yeah, I mean it might be a, on a weaker seven as well, but just like there's so many things to be positive about, like. Again, you the crazy Homer fans will, you know, will beat their chest and say that, you know, every year they buy into the hype. And I've learned not to buy into that hype whatsoever. It's unfortunately they have to prove it before they can earn my trust, you know, like that. Right. They've got to show that they can consistently beat the Chiefs and even the Broncos and the Raiders. Because, I mean, the last couple of years, every season, I would say that it was always the Chiefs at the top and then the Chargers. And then the basement was like the Broncos and the Raiders kind of fighting it out. And the Chargers have seen a lot of or haven't had a lot of success against the Raiders and Broncos. And I think if the Chargers ever want to compete with the Chiefs and just, you know, be a playoff team on a consistent basis, you just have to take care of the Raiders and you have to take care of the Broncos. It's just kind of the easiest way to do it or else you're trying to beat all these other out-of-conference teams, out-of-division teams that are pretty good on your schedule. Um, But 
there's just I, I'm with Staley. There's something about him. There's something listening to him talk every single time he he's you know we're on a press conference with him. He just says the right things. He's so conscious and he's acknowledging and, and everything that uh, he just wants to make sure everyone gets the right answer. You know, it's so refreshing compared to Anthony Lynn, who again was kind of set in his ways. There was a lot of coach speak. Um, something about Staley, man. It's just this aura of trust him until he gives you plenty of reason not to. And so I think that's the kind of way Chargers fans should look at it right now going into this season. It's be optimistic, trust him until given a reason otherwise, uh, and just, again, hope for the best. That was a soft seven you just gave us. How does that number change if Aaron Rodgers suddenly gets traded to the Denver Broncos? Um, that comes closer to a five, mm. honestly. Uh, maybe even below that uh, because mm. I know – how good the roster is for the uh, the Broncos aside from quarterback. I mean, yep. I'm not going to hide that fact. Like, that's a pretty good team. Starting last year, it seemed like the entire AFC West was was drafting to either keep up with the Chiefs or to somehow stop the Chiefs. And honestly, last year, the Raiders and Broncos were like, we're going to try to outscore the Chiefs by getting speed with Ruggs and Judy and those guys. And the Chargers last year were like, we're going to try to stop them with getting Murray and, and some of those defenders. And then this year, you know, was filling in some of the needs to, to really start the, the Staley era off. But you add Rodgers to that that Broncos offense with plenty of weapons and then a defense that people are forgetting about just because Vaughn Miller maybe wasn't there all that much last year. I believe he was hurt most of the year, if not the whole thing. Um, Jarrell Casey was hurt, didn't really play much for them last year. Bradley Chubb is still a thing. Justin Simmons. I mean, there's plenty of talent, if not just the same amount on the Chargers. So if you're excited about a Chargers defense, I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't be just as excited or at least your expectations to be as high for that Broncos team. Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blue. Thank you very much. And by the way, you have given me a new podcast name, which I'm going to start after this interview. Victory Brisket. Victory Brisket. Yeah, I mean, you might want to check with Justin Herbert. He might be have something going in the works with that and his teammates. But if not, full steam ahead. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts.